Go take a seat. Good stuff. So adventure, the Lord leading us out into adventure. Adventure is that place where there's the potential for a high payoff, something new, something um, unseen, something beautiful and amazing, and is also with it some risk, right? It's that beautiful combination of opportunity and risk is an adventure. And as I was thinking about this question, uh, you know, my wife and I have experienced some adventure secondhand through our children lately. Um, three weeks ago, our son, our youngest son, he started high school, new school, and the adventure and the opportunity that's there with that experience. Uh, two weeks ago, last week, we uh, led our son, we brought our son to Texas, that far, far away land called Texas and uh, dropped him off freshman year. You know, he's got to figure out some new stuff, how to live with a roommate for the first time, live away from home uh, for a longer time, and uh, lots of opportunity, right? Opportunity, new people to meet, new, new ways to grow, no, new things to try. And uh, Friday, uh, I dropped off Emma to uh, the airport, she got on a plane going to Madrid. She's there now. She's doing a, a semester abroad. New opportunity, new adventure, new experience, new possibilities. And in all these things, you know, my hope as a father, Becky and I, our hope as parents is that our kids will embrace it, that they'll go for it, that they'll reach out, that they will not be held back by fears or insecurities or lack of confidence, or, but that they would press in and take hold of that opportunity and make the most of it, take a big bite out of it. And in and being let off the wrong path and encountering people that are on the wrong path. So we also pray and hope that they have discernment, right? To avoid the bad, the destructive, the harmful, and to fully embrace and go for the good and be let out in those good places. So I was thinking about this, and then, you know, just dropped in my mind, God reminded me, Wayne, this is how I think about you. This is how I think about you. This is how God, our Father, thinks about you, all of us. He's got, I have great potential for you, new opportunities, territory beyond the borders that you're comfortable with. I'm calling you out upon the waters. God came in Jesus to give you and me fullness of life. That's just a little trickle. Fullness of life, abundant life, rich life. He wants to lead us in that. So we got some opportunity there. He sees great potential for all of us. He wants to help us step out. He wants to lead us out into new things, good things, productive things, impactful things, significant things. And he wants to help us avoid the pitfalls, the destructive ways, the, the wide path that leads to destruction. He has a narrow path that he wants to lead you on, that he's calling you on every day. Wherever you were last week, new day today, he wants to call you onto this path that leads to more life. That's our opportunity. He's calling us into adventure. 
Big opportunity, high risk. They go together. So let's go back to Jesus now and remember what he did to open this up for you and me. Uh, he came and he did something. This offer, this potential for fullness of life. All right? When you read the Hebrew scriptures, the prophets, and what they said about the coming Son of God, this big event, and when you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see that God came in Jesus to rescue us from small, selfish, fearful lives. He came to bust us out of sin that entangles us, uh, fear of death, uh, fear of calamity, to lead us into life, to lead us from deadness in life, deadness in sin, to spiritual life. God came to bring us from emptiness and kind of vain pursuits into significant adventure. All right, so let's, let's see how he did that. Let's see um, his announcement of that when Jesus came. So we're looking at the first year of Jesus' three and a half years of ministry. He went to Nazareth, his hometown where he grew up, where he, people kind of knew him. And there's this great scene, this great moment in Luke 4.16 Again, this is about the first year of his ministry, early on. He's done some stuff. He's proclaimed some things. And uh, let's pick it up there. Luke 4, 16. Listen to this. He went to Nazareth. Jesus went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, on the Saturday, that's like our Sunday, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. So he grew up doing this. They knew him. Um, this is what he did every Saturday. He and his family. He's a Jewish guy. So, so he goes... And this time he stood up to read. So he had this opportunity to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. So it's very, very intentional. He opens it up to Isaiah 61, a passage about the promised Messiah, the one who would bring new life. And listen to what he says, what, what he read that Saturday morning. He said, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me, set me apart to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to open up the eyes of the blind, to set free the oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Big claim. Wow. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled. Jesus is the spirit-filled one, the anointed one. That's where we get the word Christ, Messiah, anointed one, set apart one by God to bring new life, to release the oppressed, to declare good news that opens the eyes of the blind. So and then Jesus didn't just make these claims. Anybody could say this, right? I just read it. But he went and did it. He did these things. He healed the blind. He, he released people from the oppressiveness of sickness, disabilities. He freed people who were imprisoned by the demonic. 
He proclaimed the good news of God's kingdom that it had come in him. And he exerted, he demonstrated this rule and reign of God over nature, over death, um, over the things that bound people, oppressed people, blinded people. And if you want to read more about that, just read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you'll see this. And this is our first filled in. This is, this is where it begins. It begins with God. And this is what we see. The Holy Spirit filled and flowed through Jesus. Filled and flowed through Jesus. Worked through Jesus. Was fully active in Him like it had been active in no one else ever in history. The fully divine God-man united to the Holy Spirit, active in the world. Okay, so Jesus does this, and it's spectacular and awesome, right? Wow, good. That's, that's neat. And, you know, Jesus, filled with the Spirit at birth, conceived by the Holy Spirit, never separated from the life of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, even when he's in this human flesh, even when he's clothed in human form. So then I'm like, okay, well, how about you and me? That sounds cool. How about you and me? Are you, were you conceived by the Holy Spirit? Were you filled with the Holy Spirit at birth? Anybody? Not so much. Okay, not so much. Yes. No, actually, we were, we were born separated from God since Adam, dead in sin, spiritually dead, physically alive. Yeah, and beautiful, amazing, made in the image of God with spectacular worth, dignity, and value, but spiritually dead. Not lit up with the powerful presence of God, which is how we were created to live. So we're born dead. And good news, God came to change that. God came in Jesus to fix that, to relight you up, with the presence of God, the power of God, His very presence, His Spirit. To move you from dead and separated because of your sins to alive in God. So this is the deal. We looked at this fix two weeks ago. Jesus came and His vicarious, substitutionary death on the cross for your sins, purified you from your sins, purified you of your sins, so that the holy presence of God could dwell in you again. Sin had separated us from God. Jesus comes. He nails your sin debt to the cross, removes that, and fills you with the Spirit. And this is pretty wild, right? So this is very ambitious of God. God fills you with His presence. He dwells in you to do the things that Jesus was doing. He wants to do this now through you and me. He wants to call you into that adventure. That's the opportunity for us. To, like Jesus, be led by the Spirit in all situations. To speak Spirit-filled words in all situations. To respond and react to situations as led by the Spirit of God. That's the opportunity for us. Now, we get a picture of this movement from without the Holy Spirit to filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts 19. So this is the last 
message in the message series that we've been in called More of You, Lord, looking at Acts. We're in Acts 19. This is Paul's third missionary journey. It's about 20 years after Jesus' death and resurrection. And uh, Paul is now headed on to Ephesus. And listen here, Acts 19, verse 1. Let's see this, trans this movement from without the Spirit to with the Spirit. While Apollos uh, was at Corinth, this is another, another guy that God's using to get the word out. Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Now, we don't know exactly why he asked them that, but maybe he just kind of sensed, you know, in name these people are followers of Jesus, but they don't seem to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And maybe you've had this experience where you meet somebody new, you're somewhere else, and you meet somebody, and you, you get a sense that that person's filled with the Holy Spirit. Anybody, has anybody ever had that experience? All right, good, a few people, thank you. All right, I remember I, I went to interview for this job, um, and uh, my first job out of college, and I was nervous, of course, adventure, and I go in, and I meet the person, the person who first talks to me, uh, Michelle Weekly. I talk to her, and quickly, God confirms in my spirit that, she is filled with the Holy Spirit. She's a believer. I knew it. I just kind of knew. I didn't ask her, hey, are you, are you a Jesus follower? Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Right? But I found, I did get the job, and I found out later she, she is a believer. So anyway, maybe that's what's going on with Paul. For some reason, he asked them, hey, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they answered him, no. We've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So remember, 20 years in, you don't have the New Testament written yet. You have little pieces, a few pieces, but you don't have the whole picture. So a lot of this is being orally transmitted. So they got half the story. They didn't get the full story. We never even heard there's a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked them, then what baptism did you receive? So that apparently they had been baptized. And they said, John's baptism. Okay, John the Baptist. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is Jesus. Remember, John the Baptist's baptism was to prepare people for the Lord. All right? So, on hearing this, they were baptized in the name, this time, of Jesus, the Lord Jesus. And when Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them. And they spoke in tongues and prophesied. That was a sign that God gave them to indicate, to show them that the Spirit had filled them. It's not the only sign. It's not the sign that always happens, but it happened in this occasion. And there were about 12 men in all in this moment. All right, so we got this. The Holy Spirit is the gift of God. Listen to this. For you, for me, for all who have put their faith in Jesus, have been baptized in the name of Jesus have received his forgiveness of sins, have turned from sin to life in God, the Holy Spirit is for you. So, next fill in. The Holy Spirit wants to fill and flow through you. So God came in the world to make you alive again. And not just to make you alive and put you on a shelf, but to begin to work through you, flow through your life, transform you, and transform others through you. 
All right, he wants to light you up with his spirit. He wants to fill you with joy and more peace and more patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. These are the things the Holy Spirit wants to increase in you. He's come to dwell in you to transform you from the inside out. He wants to give you strong discernment between good and evil to help you avoid those pitfalls. To, to help you not fall back into sin and death. What does this look like? What does it look like to be filled with the Holy Spirit? You know, how do you, what marks a person filled with the Holy Spirit? I, I mentioned some of the fruits of the Spirit, that's Galatians 5. But just looking at Acts, I decided just to scroll through Acts, that's the book we're in and see what the Holy Spirit does to people. All right, so, so here are a few things. This is not exhaustive. If you read the whole New Testament, you can add some more here, but th these are some key things. Number one, the Holy Spirit in you, if the Spirit is in you, will show you that you are accepted and loved by God. And there's some uh, scripture references there if you want to look these up. These are all driven from what the Word says. God our Father shows you from the inside, that he loves you, that he's accepted you by putting his spirit in you. The big sign that that is to you and for you is that you are loved by God. You have been marked and sealed by him. You've been purchased by him out of death and brought into life. You are part of his new creation. You know that if the spirit is in you. All right? And sometimes he gives you you know, a feeling that confirms that for you. Thank you for those moments, Lord God. Give us more. That's our solid foundation. When that's in place, when you know that you're accepted and loved by God, that he is fully committed to you, and he's put his life in you, then, brothers and sisters, that is freedom. Then you and I can go out into deep waters, Right? We can trust him to, to lead us into good places. We can take those risks. We can fumble through. We can go into those new experiences that he, he will call you into, because he wants to grow you and stretch you, with a measure of confidence. Okay, whatever happens here, I'm loved by God. What's the worst that could happen? Nothing can separate me from the love of God. No failure, no mockery, no no. No consequence of me stepping out and taking this risk. I'm secure in Him. Man, it starts there. And the Holy Spirit wants to remind you and affirm His love for you this morning by His presence. So He does this. That's one thing. That's a big thing that the Spirit of God does for us. And this, you know, this tags onto it, this next one. The Holy Spirit encourages us. Encourages us. I don't know, at some point maybe during this week, you felt discouraged. Things were hard. You got bad news. You read bad news. You read the news. Right? It can be pretty discouraging. Right? And just imagine life without the Spirit of God, without being part of the new creation, without being united to God forever. This is not our home. We're passing through. Each day... We're closer to heaven. We're closer to that new heavens and new earth. All right? The Holy Spirit confirms, affirms his love for you, that you're his, 
You're his son and daughter, and you're going to make it through. So don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid. All right, we just saw it. You know, when the Spirit fell on these people, they spoke in tongues. They spoke in other languages that they didn't know how to speak. The Spirit enabled them to do this um, and prophesy, like proclaim the words of God, proclaim revelation of God. So I had this experience on, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday. I just kind of hit a wall, a little bit of discouraging stuff, extra stuff I was dealing with. I was feeling flat. Um, I just was in that place. And so I had an opportunity, had a moment to go take a walk. I'm going to go take a walk. I need to do something. I need to shift this up. I'm, I'm just hitting a wall. I'm kind of overwhelmed by being in response mode. So I go out. And I'm walking, and usually when I walk, that's a time for me to pray, you know, talk to God. I wasn't interested in that. I just was not feeling like it. I was not feeling it. All right? But God's Spirit was faithfully in me, kind of just prompting me to, to start talking. And somewhere along the line, my walk with Jesus, he gave me this gift of speaking in tongues. And that may sound weird and strange, but... It's really a great gift because when I don't know what to pray, I, God's Spirit sometimes stirs me to pray out loud in tongues. And so I'm doing that on this trail. Thankfully, nobody's around. You know, it's the middle of the day. So, uh, you know, I can, I can be a little bit louder with it. Once in a while, if I know I'm going to pray out loud, I'll put in my AirPods and just kind of like I'm talking to somebody because I am. Anyway, so I'm out there and I don't know what I'm saying but after going probably a quarter mile in this loop, I feel recentered, reconnected to God. That's a gift of the Holy Spirit. People have different gifts. God has gifts for you, different gifts that will help you, enable you to reconnect with Him, and then prepare you to bless others. The main purpose of these gifts is to bless and build up others, but they also do it for us as well. All right, so God gives us these supernatural gifts. You have some supernatural gifts if you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, and that's a whole other topic, but that's one thing he does. The other thing he does is he, the Spirit of God in you emboldens you, gives you courage to open your mouth and speak God's word. He can do it at the workplace. He can do it in your neighborhood. He wants to get his word out through you. Did you hear the repeated word in the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to do what? To proclaim, to tell, to announce the good news. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Proclaim, tell, announce. And to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Hey, it's the time of the Lord's favor. We're in that age where God is offering pardon and offering new life to you. Proclaim. The Spirit of God in you wants to speak. That's one of the main ways God accomplishes his work. Going back to Genesis 1, God speaks. Will you let him? Will you let those words out? He wants to do something. It's an adventure. It's a little risky. It might be scary, but God wants to work through you. There's potential for life in that. All right, emboldens you to speak God's word. Next one. The Spirit of God we see in Acts qualifies, equips, and sets you apart for ministry. That means for works that God wants to do in the world to help others come to know Him and grow in Him. Now, I was thinking about this, you know, how does this 
pertain to us. And I, was, I was remembering when God, um, uh, when we hired a new, uh, I'm sorry, ministry organizer for Open Table Church. This was about four years ago. I interviewed two people for this position. One person on paper made a lot of sense. Conventional wisdom, yeah, this is the person you should, should hire. Um, and then Sierra came in for an interview, and it wasn't as clear-cut in that, but the Spirit of God was just saying, yes, 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 this is the one. And so we went that way. It's been great, four years in. I just asked her last night, how long has it been? Four years. She's doing great. So uh, the God, the Holy Spirit qualified her. She wasn't as qualified as this other person for ministry, but God called her. He qualifies us for ministry. It doesn't mean you're sinless perfection. We all got rough edges. But God's Spirit enables us, equips us to have something to give, despite our foibles and, you know, issues. All right, he qualifies us. Next thing he does is he reveals. We see him reveal. We, we, we see him reveal things about the future. We see him reveal things in the spiritual realm. This is what the Spirit of God in you will do for you. And he gives specific instructions. Let me give you examples. Acts 8. The Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Acts chapter 10. While Peter was still thinking about a vision God gave him, the Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you. Go, get up, go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. Very specific instructions. Acts 13. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said to them, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. This is pretty cool. There's a lot of examples of that. That God does that. He guides us in godly decisions. That's the last one. It's kind of related to that. And I've seen this again and again in our ministry team, in our board. Um, God leading us, guiding us, helping us navigate through our own preferences and experiences and, and just kind of maybe the way we want to do it and leading us together in the way that he is leading us into. If we're willing, if we're willing to be led, it happens. The Holy Spirit is active. The Holy Spirit wants to fill and flow through you. What does that look like? I gave you some examples, but it also looks like this. You can listen to this. You can, you can fill this in in your bulletin, but listen. This is for you. The Spirit of the Lord, if you're in Christ is on you. He has anointed you, set you apart to proclaim, speak good news, the good news to the poor. He has sent you to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind of the Lord's favor. The Spirit of God equips you for this. Isn't that exciting? Like that's, that's big stuff. That's, that's high stakes type of work. So next question, how do we come into that more and more? How do we step into that? How do we embrace that? How do we get into that flow more and more? First thing, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, for the first time, maybe, maybe you're outside this. Maybe this is, I don't know what that means. It sounds good. 
I, I feel like that's for me. I think the Lord is knocking on the door of my life for that. If that's you, if you want to receive the Holy Spirit, God's personal, powerful presence for the very first time, then come during this last song. Get prayer. Receive the good news. Turn to Him. Receive the gift that God is offering all people everywhere that we all need. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. So we hear it spoken of that way in the text. We also hear it spoken of believers to be filled again, to be refilled, to be filled to the fullness. All right? And I, that's where I needed on that Wednesday, Thursday, where I was empty. I was running on fumes. Uh, Wayne's natural gas deposits were empty. I needed, some, I needed God to fill me up again. Be filled. Be filled again. Again, we're going to pray for that at the end here, but I also encourage you, man, get prayer. Get prayer. This happened to me, I think, the last couple of weeks at the board meeting and then at Wednesday Bible study. People laid hands on me, prayed for me. The Holy Spirit filled me up again. It's so good. This is, he wants to do this for you. He wants to do this to us. Listen to this. Listen to what Jesus said. All right? He said to his disciples, to you and me, ask. This is Luke 11. Ask. And it will be given to you. Straightforward. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open to you. All right, then it skips ahead. What's he talking about here? If then you, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children. Those who ask him. He's just waiting for you to ask. Ask, seek, knock. I'm empty, God. I'm frustrated. I'm done. You know, I've been trying to do it on my own. You know, that's a, that is a signal to you to go to God and ask the Father. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you and I ask you to fill me again. Fill me with your life. Fill me with grace. Fill me with peace. Fill me with joy. I'm just feeling dead inside. I've hit a wall. You don't even have to wait till you hit the wall. God's like, this is, you can do this anytime. He's like, come on, ask, come to me. It's the same with anybody who has kids, man. You just want them to come to you and ask, right? Especially when they're older. When they're younger, they just, some of them just ask, 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 all right. I'm talking about, you know, God, your loving Father wants you to come and ask, seek, knock. You can't conjure up the Holy Spirit on your own. That's a gift that he bestows that you have to ask for. Come, ask for that. We're going to ask for that in a minute. All right, so that's the first thing. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Straightforward. Easy to forget for some reason for me. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Number two, be led by the Spirit. Be led by the Spirit. Being filled is the starting place. Being led is when God wants to lead you out on an adventure. He wants to stretch you this week. He wants to put you in a situation where you have to rely upon God. Are you going to step out of the boat? Are you going to step onto the water? Are you going to trust Him? Because the Spirit will lead you into conversations, into moments, into situations that you might not want to go in the natural but that that's where life is. That's where fullness of life is for you. That's, that's where, he doesn't just throw fullness of life on you. He leads you into it. As you let him lead you. 
I thought of an example just recently. Uh, Ving uh, texted me. He, he made these boards. He got inspired. God inspired him to build, make these boards as a picture board of the gospel. Another one that says, I think it's John 3.16. And he didn't just get that idea and be like, oh, wouldn't that be cool? He, he made the board. And then he took the board and he went out and so that others could see it. And it helped him get into some conversations and share the gospel of Jesus with others to proclaim the good news to the poor. One example, I'm sure you can have examples of different conversations. People, God will prompt you to call someone this week. It'll be at a bad, inconvenient time. I gotta, I gotta finish this work first, God, then I'll get back to you. No, let him lead you into that moment then and there because there is life there for you and for others. All right, step into it. Be led by the Spirit, that's number two. Number three, proclaim. We heard that word repeated. Proclaim, announce, tell, speak God's Spirit-given word. The message about Jesus that we know, that we've received, and whatever else he gives you in that moment to speak. Spirit of revelations, uh, a word of wisdom, a word of life, a word of blessing, a word of encouragement. The Spirit of God wants to, again, speak through you. Don't stay mute. 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 Don't stay mute. Let him flow. See what happens. It's risky. Yes, God, and trust the results to him. Don't get into the results game because you don't always get to see them right away. Just let it fly. Go. Be bold. The spirit in you is not a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, love, and self-control. Let's let him lead us. All right, let's stand. Let's pray because we're going to need help for this. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming for us. Lord, not leaving us physically alive, you know, decent life maybe, but spiritually dead. Thank you for not leaving us in that small life, that comfortable life, that uh, maybe fear-plagued life, that sin-enslaved life. Thank you for leading us into fullness of life. And Lord, we ask that you would help us follow you into that this week. And Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you to fill us with the Holy Spirit. For the first time, for the hundredth time, Lord, fill us. Fill your people with your presence. Shine through us. Come, Lord. We're thirsty. We're hungry. We need you, Lord. And Lord, help us not be ruled by fear or anxiety or sin or addiction help us take those things off and embrace you hold on to you ask seek and knock lord help us to go to you lord not shrink back from you even when we've 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 blown it lord god help us turn to you receive your life receive your spirit lord come holy spirit come living god Touch your people. And Lord, we will follow you. Hey, let's, let's make that little commitment today, right? When you prompt me, Holy Spirit, when you prompt us, Holy Spirit, this week, we're going to do it. 
We're going to open our mouth. We're going to take that step. We're going to make that call. We're going to go where you lead us, Lord. Help us not miss out on the life that you have for us this week, God. Praise you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey, during this last song, go get prayer. Let someone lay hands on you. Um, Receive more of what God wants to do in you.